and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hey, everyone. And John. Hey, how are you? After last episode, my family told me to stop telling Thanksgiving jokes, but I couldn't just quit it cold turkey. And with so many turkey-themed products in the tank, hey, sharks like turkey. Who could blame me? So today's episode aims to ensure your Thanksgiving isn't a cluster pluck. It doesn't get any better than this. You ain't seen stuffing yet. But first, oh yeah, here's an ad. Ouch, growing pains hurt. And when you're a marketer trying to generate leads for your startup, you know the pain all too well. Thankfully, there's HubSpot for startups. It's a special program that gives startups discounts on HubSpot and so much more. But first, let's talk about the platform. The platform unites your entire front office, from marketing to sales to support. The platform that streamlines your support tickets, generates more leads, and increases sales. The platform that scales right along with you. HubSpot for Startups has it all. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. So today in the tank, we have Mighty Carver, and Mighty Carver comes to us from founders and ballroom dancers, Kim and Lance, and they are asking for $100,000 for 20% in their business, which is a $500,000 valuation, and Mighty Carver is an electric carving knife that looks, sounds, and apparently feels just like a chainsaw. So if you can envision an electric blade and then kind of pop a toyish chainsaw right on top of it, you've got Mighty Carver in the bag. So thinking about our product, our founders, and our pitch, initial thoughts of Mighty Carver. I am not a cook, as we have <laughs> discovered in previous episodes, <laughs> but I would totally buy this. This is such a cool product to be able to have a little chainsaw essentially in your kitchen. Like, that looks so badass. I'm in. Yeah. I'm not sure about badass. It definitely <laughs> looks bad in the kitchen, that's for sure. Yeah, bad. You got it half right, Ariel. I think I misheard you. Uh, you could do product design, come up with a couple different colors, make it more aesthetic. Where are you going to store this thing? Do you have room for this? It's huge. It's gigantic. It's huge. Are you going to put a chainsaw in your knife drawer? Anyone can make counter space for a docking station. My counter space is at such a premium. I got stuff everywhere. And imagine if I just like brought home this chainsaw. I was like, I got to leave this chainsaw on the counter all year round so that at Thanksgiving, I look awesome. It's not just for Thanksgiving. It's just for Thanksgiving. With no safety guard, mind you. It's just a chainsaw. You guys, it's not hard to add a little safety latch. <laughs> so unpack why this is so delightful for you. Is it literally just because it looks like something else? Just help me understand this feeling besides absolute distaste. <laughs> just the shock and awe when you're having guests come over and you're like, hey, let me just like cut this up for you really fast. And you see this five foot girl in her kitchen with a chainsaw knife. I absolutely don't understand who's going to buy mm. this. It's the shock factor that makes it a gag gift to me. That makes it not something that you're actually using. You understand the persona perfectly, Jory. This is a gag gift. Now, the good news is unlike many gag gifts, the target audience for this is very well defined. And that persona is called dad. <laughs> and dad is known for his jokes. His shock factor. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you've heard of his dad jokes before, but they're exceptional. Oh. And I think a lot of dads would actually be willing to buy this just for the gag on Thanksgiving to pull it out and get a laugh out of everybody. And so I'm not sure I would invest in it, but I do think that the persona is super clear. And I think that persona is like willingness to pay for a good gift and a gag gift is very high. $89, $89 for a chainsaw knife. There's no price you can put for dad jokes. Yeah. And that's fair because I mean, they've sold, what was it? 163,000 of them last year alone. So that's over 85,000. 100 units, yeah. but like that's an expensive bit. 
I think a lot of dads will pay anything for a legendary bit. <laughs> and it's a recurring bit. So if you amortize the cost of that bit over the lifetime of the laughs. What's the lifetime value of this money, Carver? Yeah, I mean, like if you did, what is it? It's going to be like 18 bucks a year for 10 years. I'd pay 18 bucks a year for a good laugh out of everybody. <laughs> to watch your children cringe every year, once a year. Yeah, that's After the fourth Thanksgiving, you think people are still laughing? Yeah. Absolutely not. This is a one and done. No, this is definitely a recurring bit. I do think there are some parallel products out there. Uh, I think Elon Musk's Not a Flamethrower is a good corollary to this mm. product. I don't know if you remember Not a Flamethrower. I don't. See, the gag wasn't good. <laughs> oh, it's like a gun that is a flamethrower. It's a flamethrower. He sold a flamethrower, but he called it Not a Flamethrower to reduce legal liability. Yeah, he like did a limited just release on Twitter, and he sold them all out within like an hour. You could just simplify your marketing for this if you didn't get a shark, but you got the right personality to just promote this. Like mm-hmm. if you went to like the rad dad influencer account, which is, I don't know how many followers, but like just does stupid dad jokes. You could sell this thing out mm-hmm. for months. So that's your play influencer marketing all the way. Yeah. So do we think that they actually need a shark at this point or should they have just leaned into like strong influencers and kind of tapped into like the local, the dad community? <laughs> Well, I kind of feel like going to the shark is choosing an influencer. Right. And the interesting is I'm not sure the persona of any of these sharks actually matches the persona that they're looking for. I don't think any of the sharks are like goofy, irreverent enough or jokey enough. I think they're all kind of like serious people in their own way, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But, you know, despite not being irreverent enough, the sharks actually were really interested. And we saw Kevin come in, who is a chef, right? And he's known for his chef products and Damon come in. So Kevin offered $100,000 for 33.3%, so a third of the company, and Damon came in and undercut him for $100,000 for 25% of the company. I think Damon is a pretty serious investor, and seeing him offer that much money for a chainsaw was hilarious to me. It felt like actually the other sharks sort of applied pressure when it came to taking that deal. Damon was like, 25% or I walk, I'm walking, I'm going, I'm going. Sometimes sharks make an offer and they're like, take it or I walk. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what happened. And the other sharks started trying to figure out if they could get a deal together. Should we do it? Should we not do it? I see more often than not, the entrepreneurs don't take the deal because they're more interested in what might come. I think it's actually better if you have a deal, come in, ask for what you want. And if someone offers it to you, you should just take it. Mm -hmm. Don't try and get into a bidding war with the sharks because they're more than likely to walk. I think it makes sense. Like if I was the founders and I can get two sharks for the price of one, I would say, yeah, you have three seconds to take my deal or I walk. I think it was in his best advantage to actually have that countdown. I do think the ultimate brand partnership for them, by the way, would be to go and partner with Stanley. Stanley is on fire right now with social media and influencer marketing. They have all this incredible user-generated content. I don't know if you all saw, there was just this, a car like burst into flames and everyone was okay, so it's fine. But the only item that survived the fire was the Stanley mug. And I think it was a nice <laughs> no. coffee in it. I think the coffee was still cold. Like <gasps> cold. it was no, like that's such a incredible. It was so good. So good. Oh. And the CEO of the brand responded and like oh. sent a video out and was like, we're so glad you're okay. And we're so happy the Stanley product made it. This would be an incredible like partnership for them. Smart. So if you were the marketer in charge of their next campaign and it couldn't be like you set a car on fire, what would your <laughs> ideal campaign for this chainsaw knife be? Think outrageous. Ooh, 
outrageous. Having people throw melons from the top of like Bill and try to slice it with fruit a carver. Ninja. Yeah, fruit ninja yeah. IRL. That's so smart. Maybe it's a fruit ninja <laughs> partnership. You could do juggling chainsaws with it, you know, juggling carving oh, turkeys yuck. or something like that, you know. Do not try this at home. Don't do this at your thing. It's always a good dinner. bit, juggling chainsaws. So ultimately, the deal was made with Damon. And I have a bit of a company update that is, again, we've got some highs and lows. Oh, no. This one is all over the place. So this, mind you, was a product that aired back in 2020. So we've got some distance from the heartache, but bear with me. So a month after airing, these two founders made the mistake of placing a huge manufacturing order with a huge cash deposit with an unscrupulous man. Now, this person that they placed this online manufacturing order with basically took their money and ran. No. Right. So, like, they never ended up with those chainsaws that they ordered. Who runs from somebody who makes chainsaws? This is like right. <laughs> no. asking for it. Bounty. Plot twist. <laughs> it was a bunch of turkeys in disguise. Uh. Yep. Yep. It was three. <laughs> turkeys under a trench coat. So Damon and the team were actually really crucial for offering their support during that time, because mm-hmm. as you can imagine, they lost a lot of money on that manufacturing deal gone awry. But they came back stronger and better than ever. So they're currently in negotiations with Lowe's to have retail distribution on this lovely chainsaw as they're starting to also apparently develop a new product line. But since the tank, the bit has landed because the Mighty Carver has made over $9 million in sales, Mm -hmm. which compared to the 163 that they came to the tank in is a huge explosion. So clearly there are many persona dads that are really into the bit and will continue bringing joy with the Mighty Carver for many years to come. Love that for them. Now, please make one in pink so I can get one for my kitchen. You know, that's another thing I was thinking about because I feel like there was a missed opportunity with the Barbie movie where it's just like, yeah, you know, let's actually Mm. turn it on the head. It's not just the dads that think this is funny, although maybe it is. But here's the Barbie chainsaw, right? So empower yourself. Carve your own turkeys. Carve your own destiny. Oh, Oh, that's it. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite.